Welcome to the Victory Center's podcast, where we here at Victory Center uh, believe that God wants us to have a victorious life. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope that you're blessed by the word. God bless you. I want you to put your hearts and your minds on God this morning. So many things happening in our world, so many things going on, even within our own Victory Center family. Uh, this morning, I just feel like there, we got to carve a little bit of time out just to, just to pray, just to, just to give God our everything this morning. Uh, there's a couple people, there's a couple families, and all of us need some of this prayer this morning. We may be small, but we are so powerful in God. And this morning, there's some of us that are standing in the need of prayer. And, and I don't exactly know where you are today, Mom. If you're watching this, I just want to let you know that God is in the hands of the surgeon. You don't have to worry. It's going to be okay. Clemente, I don't know exactly what's going on right now, but I know that God has never failed you and he'll never leave you. To all of my husbands who are overseas or they're on debt right now, I just want to remind you that God has you in the palm of his hand and that he's going to take care of you. For those who may be listening to us for the very first time and you're wondering what are these radical people inside of a house calling themselves Victory Center? We can only do that because God has already given us the victory. Yeah. On the cross, we were already saved. We were redeemed. We were restored. So he is the center of our victory this morning. So if you will, with Heavenly Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we declare, God, that you are in control of everything, Father. Heavenly Father, Lord, if there is sickness in our family, God, right now, God, I pray, God, that you take it out right now in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, that you give us strength to climb the mountain that's before us, God. Give us the wisdom to go around it if that's the solution, Heavenly Father. But ultimately, God, let us seek you first in everything that we do, Father. Lord, tonight we pray for those who are hurting, God. Heal them, Heavenly Father, Lord. Tonight, God, Lord, we pray, God, that you continue to be our everything, Heavenly Father, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, every financial situation, God, I pray that you open it up. Heavenly Father, Lord, open up the windows, God, and Lord, let blessings flow in, Heavenly Father, Lord. Things that are attacking our mind and our spirit, God, continue to build us up, God. Let your word reign true inside of our lives today, Heavenly Father, Lord. We just pray for a corporate blessing, Heavenly Father, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are watching over and protecting this earth, God. Our government, God, the country, and the entire world, God, you have it in control, God. We thank you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen and amen. amen. I thank you so much today for being here. Um, we are at the balance, the end of a four-part sermon series on identity. And uh, I don't know about you, but if you've caught one sermon, if you caught two, if you caught them all, um, I believe that God had an amazing, powerful word for us. Um, and the three sermons that we've already received. Um, I pray that God is working in the details of your life, transforming the way you see yourself. Today, I just wanna, I just wanna recap kinda what we've kinda learned so far. And today, my, my slides, they, they're, gonna, they're gonna jump around a little bit. So we've been talking about identity. So what really is the definition of identity? It's the 
distinguishing character or personality of an individual. We dug into um, several different topics on identity. Uh, the first the first lesson we had was the real you, where we talked about the facade that we often wear, the, the, the mask that we often put on to go outside of our house or even to get out of bed. We talked about that God is blessing and he's working on the real you. He's not working on the fake you. And so the real you is perfect and it's okay. And it's, regardless of what people have said about it, the real you is the blessing that he's given to this earth. And we, we, we talked a little bit about your true value. Uh, well, we spoke about knowing your worth and knowing what God created you. And this kind of just butted up against the real you because once you know your value, you can really understand that the true you is an amazing you. That even though you are naturally a sinful creature because of Jesus, because of God, you can be forgiven. You can be righteous and holy. And you're God's masterpiece. Last week, we dug into a topic about identity theft. You see, the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy, and he wants to steal your true identity. He wants to up interrupt your true value. He wants to throw you off course because if you don't know who you are and you don't know your true value, you can never do what God has called you to do. So we talked about how to protect ourselves against identity theft in a world where everybody's trying to be something that they're not or have something that they don't have. We talked about being real and keeping our identity in Christ. This week, I just want to, I want to take us to a place in James chapter one, we're going to we're going to read verse 22 and 25 today. If you would turn in your Bibles, I believe God has a tremendous lesson for us today. Uh, he has something he wants to speak into our hearts today. James chapter one and verse 22. James is sandwiched between Hebrew and Peter. My wife told me that I need to slow down when I'm doing the scriptures. We transferred from putting the scripture on the screen so you can read it out of your Bible or on your app. Some some of us get so busy that we don't we don't get to read the scripture, but one day a week. And we didn't want to take that opportunity away from you. Amen? amen. So when you have it, please say amen. amen. And the amens have it. Verse 22 reads as follows. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But, who, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues it, not forgetting what they have learned, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Mm -hmm. Amen to the reading of God's word this morning. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you... Sit me down and you stand up, God. Speak to us only as you can, God. 
Give us something that we need, God, to transform our minds, transform our lives, make us better disciples of your word, God. Make us the blessing this world needs. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I just want to say one, one part of this scripture again. It says, do what it says. Do what it says. I want to use not for a subject or a text. God told me to challenge you this morning. I want to use for a challenge for your life. And if you're listening to this by podcast or watching this by Facebook, God is speaking through me to you to challenge you today. Do it now. He, he's, he's challenging you. He's saying, do it now. Do it now. In this passage of scripture, we see God is speaking to us and he said, do not merely listen to the word. I don't know about you, but throughout the course of my life, I have heard a lot of God's word. But hearing God's word is a good thing. But if you just hear it and you don't do it, if you just hear it and you don't act on it, if you just hear it, then you you might as well not have really have heard it if you weren't going to do anything with me. We live in a generation where we are oversaturated with information. We live in a generation where you can find the definition to a word in a blink of an eye. You don't have to go get a dictionary and look for it. You don't have to talk to a teacher to figure out physics. You can just Google it. You can look it up on Yahoo. You can get instant information right away. And so the value of what you hear has gone down. In days of old, when people got information, it was, it was a special thing, it was a treat, it was something that was not readily available. In today's age, we are oversaturated with information. Anything you wanna know about, you can probably find out about it. And I'm not telling you that everything on the internet is true and that if you Google it and it comes up that that is true, I'm just, telling you that there's a whole lot of information about a whole lot of things that you can find out about. So we are oversaturated with information every single day. People tell you how they feel thousands of miles away via Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. You can know how people are doing across the country because we have instant access to that information. We sometimes become numb to the information because we have so much of it. But we're not talking about just information, post status, how we feel. We're talking about the word of God this morning. And many times we can find ourselves so saturated with other information that we don't have time or space in our life for God's true information. I don't know about you, but I hear a lot of things in a day. But the most important thing I need to hear is from God. Yeah. I invite you, if you don't hear from God on a daily basis, you need to get in your word. Know him for yourself. Develop a relationship with him. Somebody said, Pastor, we're talking about identity. Well, where are you going with this? Well, if you know who you are, the real you, and you know your true value in God, and you're aware that 
you live in a world that wants to take away your identity as being a child of God. If you know all these things and you've heard these things and they've been taught to you, if you know all that, the question is, what are you doing with it? Just want to take a little bit of time today and talk about, has your identity been renewed? Over the last three weeks, we've been talking about identity. We've been going through different levels of identity and God's been speaking. He's been speaking to us. And so the question is, as you sat through this series, has your identity been renewed or did you just simply hear the word of God about your identity? <laughs> so he's saying, well, well, that doesn't help me. Well, let me go a little deeper. Has your perception of yourself changed? When we talked about the real you, when we talked about your true value, do you see yourself the same way you saw yourself before? Or has your perception started to change about you? Do you now start to believe what the word of God says about you? And some of us believed it before, but this should have been a revival for our identity. This should have been a transformation for our tenacity and our persistence to be everything God has called us to be. Has your perception changed? Do you see yourself the way God sees you? Do you see yourself the way God sees you? We've talked about it. We've read the word about it. The question is, you've heard it. But what have you done with it? Have you applied it to your life? Did you hear a sermon? Did you say amen, walk out the door and remain the same? Or was there a transformation? Is there a change? Has something happened in your life that you won't walk away from this series the way you've walked away from previous series or you won't just continue doing the same thing? Somebody said, well, it's maybe the way you taught it didn't apply to me. Well, it's not about the teaching, it's about the truth. And the truth is, if you didn't get anything, you should know that you're God's masterpiece. The truth is that when you're connected to God, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. The truth is, it does not matter the way that you look. God thinks that you're amazing and there's nothing that you can't achieve without him. Do you see yourself the way God sees you? I really want you to understand today that we sometimes fail at this point in our lives. We hear it and it makes us feel good, but then we really start looking at ourselves. We don't necessarily see what God sees. He really wants you to operate in the power that he's given you. He really wants you to walk in the fullness of life. And one of the ways I can kind of break it down to you is when you look in the mirror, what do you really see? When you look in that mirror, what, what, what is it that you really see? We just read a passage of scripture that says that if you look in the mirror and you forget what you look like, it means nothing. And some of us may feel like a small cat. Some of us may feel like an inferior, lonely, insignificant 
person. Some of us may be depressed today. Some of us may think that our life is older because oh, our life is close to being over because of our age. Some of us may feel like we're stuck in a rut. Some of us may feel like God has left us, but do you really see yourself the way God sees you? Just being, being transparent with you today that I haven't always saw myself the way God sees me, but over the past three weeks, God has reminded me who I am. If you find yourself looking in the mirror and you don't see what God sees, you need to, you need to spend some time with God and find out what he says about you. He thinks that you are amazing, powerful. Hmm. It's funny. If you play chess, you know what this means. The pawn is the smallest piece on the board. And the pawn can only go in two directions. One space forward or one space to the side. That's all the pawn can really do. And there's many pawns on a chessboard. Most of us feel just like that. We feel like we're just making little baby steps in life. We're not advancing. We're not going as fast as we should be going. And maybe we feel like we're insignificant because there's a lot of people that look like, feel like, have the same problems as, not, as us. But on a chessboard, there's only one king on the board. And when the king is captured, the game of chess is over. And the king is one of the most powerful pieces on the board because every other piece on the board is designed to protect the king. It's designed to get the king in the area where it's supposed to be. You think about it, most of us feel like pawns, but God sees us as kings. Yeah. Everything in our life surrounding us is helping us to get to where God wants us to be. The, the truth of the matter is not everything that we're going through will make us feel good. The truth of the matter is that everything that we're going to go through won't make us feel bad, but everything will work for our good because God sees us as kings and queens. He sees us as his children. I remind you today that if you feel like a pawn, if, if, if your identity is still in question, I just want to remind you that God sees you as the king. Everything that he's put in your life, he's put around to protect you and to get you where he wants you to be. One of the most important things about the king is many pieces on a chessboard, but you always know what the king's up to. You always know where the king is at. So when God sees you at a king, he knows exactly where you're at and what you're doing. You are a direct reflection of the God who created you. You see, kings can't go everywhere and they can't do everything, but everybody knows what's going on with the kings. You see, you're the children of the king and wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're representing the God that you serve. Because even if you see yourself as a pawn, the world sees you as his child. And that's why they're coming for you. Just wanted to remind you today that you got to see yourself for who you are. You got to really know who you are. Preacher, you're losing me here. So when you look at yourself the way God sees you, there's always something to do. See, most of us go through life and 
some of us have this selfish mentality and I'm not immune of it. But when you get in Christ, you really realize that he made us so amazing to do something. He didn't make you you just so you can be pretty. Roll through life painless. Be blessed and have no consequence. He created you the way he created you to do something. He didn't just make you to just sit there. He made it you to be his servant. He made you to bring other people to Christ. He made you to do something. The question today is, so what will you do now? What will you do? We've been talking about identity and we're wrapping all that up to this, this, this climax of, of we've talked about exactly who you are, what's against you, who God has created you to be. So now what will you do? Will you continue to do the same thing you were doing five weeks ago? Will you continue to do the same thing that you've always done? God set you up. He put you here. He put this message in the heart of his messenger to speak so that something could happen, so that something could change. He put you in so that the course of the trajectory of your life would be changed. So what will you do now? (laughs) Many of us are asking ourselves in our head, well, everything's going fine, but fine doesn't mean that it's God. Good doesn't necessarily mean that it's God. Everything that we get ourselves into doesn't mean that it's our purpose. So what will you do now? The truth of the matter is what God has given you to do, you don't have any time to waste. We don't know the hour or the day when Jesus is coming back. We can watch the signs of the times, but the true matter is you don't know the hour of the day when your last breath is. You don't know how much time you have left. And the question is, have you done everything God's asked you to do in the time that he's given you to do it? And so whatever God is pulling on your heart to do with this new, renewed, newfound identity, the question is, have you done it? And if not, when will you do it? Because the truth is, you ain't got a lot of time. We take time for granted until it's gone. We think that we have forever when we really don't. Feels just like yesterday when I was a young man just starting out in life and now it feels like I blinked and it's past. Have I done what God has called me to do or have I found myself in the rut of life, just trying to, just trying to make it through. We don't have much time. The truth of the matter is most of us don't have what we need to do what God is telling us to do. Most of us don't even have the resources or the assets or the connections to do and be what God has called us to be. That is what your identity used to tell you. But the identity that we just learned about reminds us that we must use everything that we do have. The truth is you have 
more than enough to do what God has called you to do. The truth is everything that you possess, God wants to use it for his glory. If you have pain, God wants to use it for his glory. If you have depression, God wants to use that for his glory. If you are suffering in a relationship, God wants to use that. Everything that you have, God wants to use. You see, you're the king and all these pieces around you are designed to get you in the place where God wants you to be. Along with passion, if you don't know the God that you're singing about, you can't preach a sermon with the conviction of God if you haven't been to some low places that God has saved you from. You can't be a business owner if you probably haven't been to a place where you have struggled and failed and fall down. You can't really achieve what God has put on your heart to achieve if you haven't been there. And you really can't share the love of Christ if you don't understand his true love. You must use everything. Some things in our life we, we, we put in a closet, we try to forget we're ashamed of, and God's saying, nope, you're looking for money, but I want that experience that you've thrown away. You're looking for a break when I've given you the intelligence to use to open that door. He wants to use everything. The only true option we have is to give it all to God. Yeah. Huh. If there's anything we can take away from learning about our true identity in God and our value in God is that we are nothing without him. Yeah. And God requires that we be all in fully 100 percent. No stopping. No holding back. Don't save anything for yourself. God wants you all in today. The question is, are you truly all in? In. Hmm. It's important to act like who you are. You remember the picture of the lion in the mirror and the cat staring at the lion? <laughs> well, it's funny that that when you know better, you do better. <laughs> or you do the best you can till you know better. And then when you know better, you enact that knowing better. The word tells us to not just hear it, but to do it. And so you can't you can't say, God, I didn't know when you've been told. You can't say, God, I, I couldn't do that when he's telling you right now you've been set up for this lesson. You've been set up for this miracle. It's important that you act like who you are. And most of us have been walking around our lives like victims, walking around our lives, tiptoeing, not trying to upset the norm, not taking risks not using our faith. We've been not acting like who we are, but we got to be who God created us to be. And our true identity means that whatever we touch, God's going to bless. Yeah. Wherever we go, God's going to go with us. Whatever we do, God's going to do it with us. That's our true identity in him, not outside of him, because outside of him, you can't do anything that's not in his will. Yeah. We're talking about being in God so the, it's important that you act like who you are. Somebody said, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about being bold. Mm -hmm. Bold for Christ. Yeah. Don't be ashamed that you are a blood-washed Christian. Don't be ashamed that you know the name of Jesus and its power. It's time to be bold. It's time to rise up and no longer just live in this world 
but have dominion in this world. It's time to be bold. If God gave you an idea or a mission or something to do, be bold. Quit being scared of the situation. Be bold and know that God's going to go with me. As you approach the Red Sea of your life, be bold and know that he's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He will split it. You will walk through on dry land. I know it's scary. Pharaoh's on your back, but check it out. If you be bold, God will be with you. But if you do nothing, that's exactly what God will do. Nothing in your life. God can't do what you're not doing you the decision to move forward. Be bold. <laughs> Be unstoppable because we serve a God who's unstoppable. You may have hit some walls in your life before. And that when we hit a wall, sometimes we tend to not want to go anymore. When we hit a wall, we tend to give up. When we when we try something, we fail. We tend to not want to do that anymore. But God's saying to you today, be unstoppable. It may not have worked the first time and it may not work the second time. But if God is for you, the whole world can be against you. It will work in Jesus name. Be unstoppable. Be on a mission. And I know some of these kind of sound alike, but if you're on a mission, that means you have a purpose. You have something you must do. It's a reason why you exist. It's my mission. Stop changing when things get hard. Stop changing when things don't work out. Be on a mission. God sent me here to do this. I must do this. It doesn't matter how many times it doesn't work. I must do this. It's the reason I was created for. It's my identity in Christ. It's my purpose. Be on a mission. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but some of us got loved ones who don't believe in Jesus. Some of us got people we know are not going to go to heaven. Be on a mission for their life. Yes. Quit passively walking around them, praying for them, but not talking to them about the miracles of Christ. Amen. Quit being timid, not want to upset them, not want to preach to them. when We don't know how much time they have left. Be on a mission for Christ, not for people just in our families, but people that we meet should get to meet the love of Christ. Be on a mission. Be purpose-driven. <laughs> Be validated. Be validated. Most of us need somebody to go with us when we have something hard to do. Most of us, when we get in trouble, we want somebody to help us, to let us know it's going to be okay. But in situations in your life, you may find that nobody's going to go with you. In situations in your life, you may find that nobody's going to ride with you. you you're going to be by yourself. But the truth of the matter is you're never alone. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is always with you. It may be scary. Nobody else is around you validating you. Nobody's helping you. Nobody's supporting you. But guess what? You're already validated through Christ. You're already approved through God. Doesn't matter what the bank says. Doesn't matter what your critics say. It doesn't matter what they say about Victory Center. We are going to prosper in the name of Jesus. We are going to change the earth in the name of Jesus. We are already validated. You are already validated. You don't need you don't need a party with you. You don't need a group of people who are going to say, yep, you don't need a cheerleading squad. You have Jesus on your side. Be validated. 
And most of all, remember you are a child of God. Amen. You're a child of God. <laughs> you are a child of God. So when you face fear, when you face trouble, when you face something that makes you want to back down, say to yourself, I'm a child of God. When you face disappointment and heartache and shame, remember your true identity. I am a child of God. When you want to give up, when you think it's not worth it, remember, I am a child of God. God wants to use all these things around me. I'm a child of God. What are you saying, preacher? Hmm. I'm saying to you today to search your heart. Ask yourself, are there areas in your life where you've just been a listener? Are there areas in your life where you have just been a listener? When, when I was a young boy, my father was, he was the nucleus of everything. If he said it, it happened. And several times as a young man, I could remember him coming in a room and saying, Dion, be quiet. Stop playing so hard. You're making a lot of noise. You go away. And we go right back to doing what we were doing. We listened. We heard. But we had our own agenda. We were having too much fun to stop. You know what would happen? He'd come back and he'd open the door and he said, didn't I tell you to be quiet, to lower your voices? You're inside the house. And he shut the door and we listen. We try it out for a minute. Let's try to play quiet. Let's do it. Let's do it. And then we're like, quiet, just, it just ain't working for us. We just, we, we're full of energy. We're boys. We want to play. And we go right back to what we were doing. I don't know about you, but that sounds a whole lot about a lot of what I've heard about God's word. <laughs> Maybe the first time I heard it, I was like, ah, don't apply to me. <laughs> Having fun right now. No. And then something will happen where God will come back and remind you of what you already know. And you're like, OK, all right. OK, let me, let me line up. Let me line up for something happen. Let me. Let me, let me, let me try to live right. Let me try to live righteous. And you tried and, you know, you may have a good Tuesday and a Monday and by Wednesday you turn up again. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's almost impossible to do it without the power of God. <laughs> the funny thing about this story is sometimes dad would come back a third time. And the thing about my dad was, if he had to tell you twice, it's a done deal. It's a wrap. If, you, if, it, if he had to talk to you twice, it's a wrap. But even knowing that still, we would push him. Open the third time, you already knew. You, all, you knew your life was about to end. You just, it's about to go down. Some of us are sitting and, and we've heard. We've listened. We've even tried to we've even tried to do it on our own 
strength. We've even tried to be good, try to follow God's word in our own power. We haven't asked God for help. You know, that's just like being a non-doer. God's wrath on our life, I don't even want none. You know, the whooping that I got as a young boy would compare to nothing who's given me everything. I would hate to live my life and have God open that door a third time and me not be doing what he told me to do. I don't want to scare you into loving God because that's not what God's about. But you should love God for what he's done for you. You should love God because he saved you. You should love God because he first loved you. He is a merciful God. He's a forgiving God, but he's also a God that will hold you accountable. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. There is a place for discipline in everything. Today, God's crying out to you and he's saying to you, I'm pursuing you. Are there areas in your life where you've just been a listener? You heard it. You know what to do, but you ain't doing it. Your true identity is that you are a masterpiece to God. The true question is, like you're his masterpiece? Hmm. What is God calling you to do? What is it? What is God calling you to do? That's a question that I want each and every one of us to ask ourselves right now, not tomorrow, not next week, not a year from now. I want you to ask yourself, no matter what age you are, Tiffany, no matter what age you are, Christian, what is God called you to do? What is it? Faith by itself is not accomplished by actions. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. I want to read James chapter 2, verse 17 to you. It says, in the same way, faith by itself, if if not accompanied by actions, is dead. But someone will say, I have faith. Someone will say, you have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even demons believe that, and they shudder. You foolish person. Do not evidence of faith without deeds is useless. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith made was made complete by was made complete by what he did. His faith was made complete by what he did. His faith was made complete by what he did. I don't know what God is calling you to do today, but I guarantee you 
I don't know 100%, but I guarantee you and slay your child in the backyard over open fire. I can pretty much guarantee you that. God may be stretching you to do something that may be financially unwise. Maybe God is stretching you to change a lot about you. Maybe God is asking you to live your life in a different way. Maybe God is asking you to be somebody who you know you truly are, but it's not as fun as you want it to be. What is it that God is calling you to do? I started this message off today simply stating that I didn't have a subject or a text for you, that I had a challenge for you. And a challenge without a tool to measure it really isn't a challenge. God is saying to all of us today, it's time out for just hearing and not doing. So today, God has something he wants you to do. You see, this thing called accountability, it really works. God holds us accountable, but he also has people on earth that hold us accountable as well. Today, God wants to give you a brand new accountability partner in Victory Center. And so this question has an answer to it that only you can answer. So I'm going to give you a piece of paper. And you're going to write on that piece of paper what God is calling you to. We are going to take those pieces of paper and put them in a box for 90 days. In 90 days, we're going to open that box and we're going to be accountable to what God is calling you to do. Some of you may be sitting here like, I ain't come to church for all that this morning. I didn't come. I ain't come to be challenged like that. Well, you can take it up with God because I got to also fill out the piece of paper. That God is not a God of non-action. He's a God of action. It's time out that we say next month, next year, next millennium, 2025, I'll get to that. What is God calling you to do today? You already know who you are. You already know your true identity, your value. It's just, what is he calling you to do? It's that area that you've just been a listener, but not a doer. God keeps telling you, I've told you to do that. I'm telling you to start that. I'm telling you to create that. When are you going to get to it? Today is the day. I'm going to hand you this paper. We got a box of pens over there. As you write, as you write, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray not that, not that what you put on the paper comes true, but I'm going to pray that God give you the strength and the courage to be who he really created you to be. Transformation happens today. And sometimes transformation happens in our will, against our will. Oh, thank you.
now. Now is the moment. Now is the time. There is no greater time than today to do what God has called you to do. Don't, don't be afraid to put the crazy idea that God's put inside of you on that paper. If you believe that you are who he's called you to be, I'd step out on him. I'd put my faith and my actions together to change this world. I just believe that God has called us to be a radical group of people who will not be denied the blessings of God. That we will not look at our current circumstances and say that's impossible when we serve a God of the impossible. I just want to remind you today that Jesus went to an old rugged cross. He knew not sin. He took on all the sin of the world and he died on that cross for you and for me. He hung there and he was punished. They whipped him, crown of thorns on his head. They nailed his hands and his feet, made fun of him. They did all that to our savior. If Jesus did all that for you, took sin to the grave, took your pain to the grave, took your issues to the grave and rose on Sunday morning. If he did all that for you, then you can definitely do what he put inside for you to do. I don't know if I'm talking to books today, if I'm talking to movies, if I'm talking to businesses today, if I'm talking to people walking away from whatever they've been into. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know God is speaking to you today. I hear in the spirit, God is, God is saying, you've been smoking for a long time. Give that to God, he'll take it away from you. <laughs> You've been being fake for a long time. God says today's the day to be real. <laughs> You've been putting that, that idea off for a long time. God's saying today is your day. Today is the day. If you have that, I want you to fold that paper. You know what's on there. Let me give a few more minutes.
you watching this on Facebook, you're hearing this through podcasts. <laughs> I know you got some paper and pen. There's a reason. There's a reason why you're here. So if you have that, we'll fold it. I will put my name on it. I will claim it. For everybody here at Victory Center, our promise to you is, as you fold this and you trust us with this, we're gonna do exactly what we said. And in 90 days, we're gonna open this. We ain't gonna read this. This is, this is between you and God. This is between you and what God has asked you to do. So when you have that folded, I want you to put these in our tithes and offering because we're gonna sow this into God's kingdom and lift these towards heaven. If you're done, if you're still writing, keep writing. Heavenly Father God, we thank you. We thank you for what you are getting ready to do in our lives, God. Let us use every single second, every moment, every hour that you bless us with to be exactly who you've called us to be, God. Heavenly Father, overflow in our lives like never before. Give us the strength to do what's on this paper. Give us the strength to have faith and match our faith with actions, God. God, make us the blessing this world needs, God. Help us to be the shining light for your kingdom, God. Let us change this world, God. Change the way the world does, church. Change the way the world sees true believers, true Christians, God. Today, we declare, God, it's already done. We're going to have a bunch of praise reports in 90 days, God. We declare, God, that you are working in our lives to you today, God. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for listening. Our prayer is that this word blesses you. Subscribe to our podcast and like us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to Victory Center. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the opportunity to come and worship with us this morning. We serve a God who is so good and he deserves our praise and worship. This morning, I want to jump right into an amazing message that God put on my heart. So if you will, turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter and the 6th verse. We're going to read from the 6th through the 8th verse this morning, the 6th through the 8th. I'm reading out of the NIV translation. So if you have something different, and when you have it, please say amen. Amen. Deuteronomy is toward the front, if you didn't know. Amen. Amen. How many of you are excited about the Word of God this morning? Amen. And verse 6 reads as follows. Be strong and courageous. 
Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous. For you must go with the people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give to them. And you must dive, you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Amen to the reading of God's word this morning. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your presence in our lives, God. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you are at the center of everything that we do, Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray this morning, God, that this word touches our lives, changes us like never before, God. I pray that you sit me down and you stand up, God. Let this be your message and not mine, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you this morning, God, even for the distractions, God, for the cries of our children, God, are blessings to us, Heavenly Father. We look all around the goodness in everything that you're doing, God. This morning, we thank you and we receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a powerful passage of scripture. If I'm sure you've heard it before, but if you just read it, it kind of grabs a hold of you. So I just, I just want to read verse six again, because that's kind of where I want to establish our thesis statement for this morning. It says, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. <laughs> for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. This morning, I want to use for a subject or text, be. Simply be. I know. I try to come up with some catchy titles, but God just tell them, God just told me to tell you to be. He's speaking to your heart this morning. He's telling you to just be. And some of you are like, what would you desire me to be this morning, God? He, he, he's telling you to be strong and to be courageous. I love it how we can take a passage of scripture and if we don't have context behind the scripture, we can just apply it to almost anything. But this morning, let me give you some context to where the children of Israel are this morning. The children of Israel have been wandering the wilderness for over 40 years at this point. And it's come time for Moses to die. Um, Moses was the prophet who led the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. Um, the children of Israel were encapsulated in slavery in Egypt and Moses delivered them through the power of God. And some of you are saying, okay, I, I understand that preacher, but how does this apply to me? Just hold on a little bit. You see, Moses came into Israel's life and helped lead them out of their slavery and their bondage. I don't know if you've ever been in a place in your life where God has delivered you from anything, 
But to be set free is an amazing thing. To be, to let go of an addiction or to let go of a bad situation or to get out of a problem is a very freeing thing. It's a delivering situation. And the children of Israel were led out of slavery, but they were not led out without problem or consequence. You see, soon after they got their freedom, they found themselves between the Red Sea and Pharaoh behind them. Sometimes when we get delivered of things, that thing we're delivered from starts to chase us down. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but maybe a situation in your life that you got away from. You look in the rearview mirror sometimes and you can see it nipping at your heels. You can see the sin that God has forgiven you from the things that he's delivered you from coming back to get you. Uh, I don't know about you, but there's issues in my life that I have to stay on my knees and continue to ask God to deliver me from. I know I'm not the only one this morning, but I'm so glad that we serve a God of deliverance. I'm so glad we serve a God who is always freeing us from those things that want to hold us down. The children of Israel are faced between Pharaoh and the Red Sea. You know the story. You, you, you know what happened. God miraculously split the sea and they went through on dry land. If you don't know anything else, you know that we serve a God of miracles. You know us, we serve a God who can make a way out of no way. We serve a God that there's nothing too hard for him to do. I mean, think about it. It's a C, he cut it in the middle. So whatever your problem is, whatever's stopping you or blocking you or hurting you, know that God can fix it in the blink of an eye. You can go through on dry land. You see, the children of Israel got through that situation they got through and God closed the sea up on Pharaoh's army and killed that situation that it could no longer chase them down. And they find themselves on the way to the promised land. And I just want to stop right there just for a minute this morning, because I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I don't know about you, but if God has ever done anything miraculous in your life, you can testify like the Israelites that he's a way maker. He's a situation changer. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. But then we're stuck with that human problem. We're stuck with that human situation because no matter how many times God does a miracle in our life, we always seem to find ourselves in a wilderness. We always seem to find ourselves struggling to get exactly where God wants us to be. We know that God is a miracle worker. We know that he can fix situations and he's done it before and we've seen it happen. But why are we still in the wilderness? So a couple questions for you this morning. What is your wilderness? You see, some of us, we struggle with different things. We go through different situations. We don't all have the same story. So my question for you this morning is simply, what is your wilderness? Well, what could it possibly be, preacher? I'm I'm not in a desert. Uh, I'm not talking about desert. I'm not talking about Arizona. I'm not talking about the sun beating on you. I'm talking about what is your life wilderness? And maybe your wilderness is your career. Maybe you're going around in circles in your career and you're not really getting to where you think you need to be. Is your career your wilderness? It was a blessing that you got a career, but now that you got it, you feel like 
you're not going to the place where God has for you in that career. Is your career your wilderness? It, it's a question today. <laughs> Is it your marriage? Now, if you're sitting next to your spouse, don't look at them. Don't, don't look at them. Don't give yourself away. But marriage can be a wilderness. It, 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 it ebbs and flows and you can find yourself in a place where you're going around in circles. It's the same old argument. It's the same old disagreement. It's the same old problems. And we don't seem to be growing. We don't seem to be moving. And it feels like my marriage is a wilderness. Could it be your faith? And some of us, we, we, we believe in God. We, we trust in him. But it, it seems like every year after year, it's the it's the same old situation. It, it, is your faith in a wilderness? It's, have you been waiting on God to do something, waiting for God to change something, and it's just not happening, and you feel like y- your faith is in the wilderness this morning? I'm just, I'm just trying to relate this to you. If Your wilderness can be your entire life. You may feel like God's brought you to a place and he's left you destitute, lonely, stranded, that, that, that he's not as close as he used to be, that he's not directing you the way he used to be. We live in a world where there's so many people who are in a wilderness in their life. How do I know the suicide rates are sky high, depression is sky high. There are people losing their minds left and right because their life is in a wilderness. Somebody said, preacher, what you talking about this morning? Well. Some of us have a wilderness in our mind. We can't get outside of ourselves. We can't think more than what we see. We are in a wilderness. We continue the same patterns, the same thoughts, the same problems. We're in a wilderness. We're stuck like the children of Israel. Somebody said, well, preacher, how do you know they were stuck? Well, from from where the children of Israel were delivered to where God had them to go is about a two week trip. About a two-week trip, roughly. Some people say closer than that. Some people say longer than that. But it's roughly about two weeks, give or take a couple days. Well, why did they spend 40 years in the wilderness? I don't know about you, but I'm 39 years old, and I've lived a whole lot of life. And there's been points in my life where I felt like I was just going around in circles. And you could imagine the children of Israel spending 40 years on a two-week trip. Think about if you had to walk from here to to Oregon and it took you 40 years to do it. Wouldn't you think there's a problem, a situation that maybe the God who delivered me here has left me alone? I don't know about you, but I just want to speak life into somebody who may be listening this morning that God has not forgot about you. God has not forsaken you. He has never left you alone, that you are not alone. And even though you may feel like you're in a wilderness, God still got you. Huh. I love pictures because they paint it so clearly. This is a rendering of what maybe it looked like for the children of Israel. Uh, they're out there with a whole bunch of dirt and a whole bunch of sand and mountains all around. But this trip has taken so much longer than it should have. But if you notice, the picture kind of gives you a rendering of what really happened. They weren't always moving forward. They were moving in circles and as as you move in circles life doesn't stop it it continues to move children are born and people are dying and we're eating food every day and we're just going from this to that but we're not 
getting to what God promised us. And some of you are saying today, well, well, preacher, I'm not in the wilderness. Well, I would say, are you in God's promise this morning? Because that's where the children of Israel were headed. They were headed to their true inheritance in God. Are you living your true inheritance in God this morning? Or are you just surviving in the wilderness? They're, they were living in the wilderness. They were, they were getting up every day, going to work and coming back and raising kids in the middle of the wilderness. Don't be deceived. You can still exist in the wilderness and still not be in God's promise. Just know today that the wilderness doesn't always look like a problem. Huh. So what is the wilderness? What is it? The wilderness is a trial. It's a test. It's tribulation. The wilderness are these things and it's not always a bad situation. You see, the children of Israel would have been in the wilderness if they'd have went straight to the promised land from captivity. If they'd have went straight to their destination, they still would have had to go through the wilderness. It just would have been a shorter period. And I don't know if you hear me today. I'm not telling you or not giving you a remedy that you will skip the wilderness of your life, that that they will all go away. I'm just letting you know that you're going to experience some wildernesses in your life and you keep living. Just get ready. There's going to be some dry spots. There's going to be some traveling spots. There's going to be some things you're going to go through to test you. And those trials, those tests and those tribulations will come. But what we're talking about this morning is how long will you spend in the wilderness? And wilderness comes with stress. How many of us are stressed out today? Wilderness comes with emptiness. How many of us got all this stuff around us, surrounded by people, but we're still empty on the inside? You might be in the wilderness. Wilderness comes and it's challenging. Anybody in an area in their life where they're really challenged? They really are facing some situations that they haven't faced before? Well, this is what God wants me to tell you this morning. The wilderness will stretch you to grow in God. That's its purpose. That's why you will always experience a wilderness because it's there to stretch you so you can grow in God. The key is God. The key is not necessarily the growth. The key is in God. You will find yourself stuck in the wilderness if you grow in yourself, if you grow in your career, if you grow in your marriage, but you're not growing in God. Because the promise is in God. Am I making it plain to you this morning? Am I, am I talking any truth this morning? I don't know if this is helping you, but it's, it's helping me this morning that the wilderness will stretch you to grow in God. You, I've had it twisted for several months and years of my life where I'm growing, but I'm leaving God behind. But the true purpose is to grow in God. Just, just want to talk to you for a little bit this morning that why am I in the wilderness? You may ask yourself, preaching and told me all this stuff, but I'm still I'm still struggling with the why. I'm still struggling with the why. And, and the why is simply is simply to learn the promise. The 
The why is to simply learn the promise of God. It's the promise. Sometimes our eyes get affixed on things that God never meant for us to have. Sometimes our ambitions and goals get connected to things that God never wanted us to have. And when we get connected and tied into those things, we may chase it down. We may run it down and try our hardest to achieve it and never get there because God never meant for you to have it. If you're in a place in your life where you're struggling and you're straining, you're about to pull all your hair out and you're losing sleep over something, you ask yourself, did God ever want you to have that? Did he promise that to you? What you're working so hard for, what you're thriving for, what you're putting all your energy towards, if you just can't grab a hold of it, if it's taking you longer than two weeks to get there, if it's taking you longer than a couple years to achieve it, you ask yourself, is this really God's promise for my life? I don't want you to get confused with thinking that everything's going to come in two weeks or that everything's going to come easy. But you will know when you're in the wilderness. You, you will know when you're having problems. You're going to know when you're not making any progress. Well, God's not favoring anything you're doing towards that goal. When you just feel empty and you just feel lost and you feel like the destination's not around the corner. You feel like God's not walking with you. Is it really the promise of God that you're seeking? Just want to help you this morning. So preacher, how do I get out of the wilderness and get in to the promise of God? I'm so glad. I'm so glad you asked because I was definitely asking God, well, God, if, if that's the situation, how do I get out of this wilderness? Because I don't want to spend 40 years of my life struggling, trying to get into the wilderness. Just trying to get out of the wilderness and never make it to God's promise. I don't want to spend my entire life trying to do something that God's not doing. How do I get out of this wilderness and into the promise of God? Well, let's talk about it. Number one, and you can back this up with the word of God. Trust that God will make good on the promise. Trust him that he is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. What are you talking about, preacher? The children of Israel, once they got through the Red Sea, about 10 days later, they were right outside the promised land, <laughs> Canaan. Moses sent 12 spies. He sent 12 spies to go take a look at the land. We know that it's occupied, but God told me that it belongs to me. They came back. And 10 of the 12 said, hey, they got good food, great grazing area, beautiful fruit, but they're like giants. If, if we try to take that land, they're going to kill us. If we try to take what God says is ours, it's not going to work. And the people took the word of the 10, but there were two. Joshua and Caleb. What did they do? They believed. <laughs> what did they do? They simply believed. The two believed, yes, the land is everything God promised us. Yes, it's good. Yes, there's people there, but God said he'd give it to us. The same God who, who, who brought us out of Egypt through the Red Sea. It, this shouldn't be a problem. 
they believed. But the 10 overpowered the two. So what happened to the people? They believed the report of the 10 to you. In your life, your promise won't just be handed to you. In, in your life, what God has for you, somebody may be standing on it. Somebody may be in your way. Somebody may be occupying what God has for you. Somebody may be living in the house that God built for you. Somebody may be running the company that God designed for you to have. Somebody may be singing the song that God designed for your voice to be connected to. Somebody may be about to write the book that God has put in your heart to write. He never promised it would be easy, but he said he would never leave you. There may be 10 people in your life saying that, nah, don't do that. You'll fail. Don't go there. Don't. ah, It's too hard. You're going to fail. The truth is, if God be for you, who could be against you? (laughs) The truth is, all you got to do is believe. I, I know it seems impossible, but. He's the God who split the Red Sea. He's the God who shuts the mouths of lions. He's the God who brought you here today. He's the God who's brought you through your whole life to sit you in this chair to be reminded that all you got to do is believe. All you got to do is trust that God will make good on his promise. (laughs) I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't even know what you're going through, but I can tell you if you trust that God will make good on the promise, you will possess the promise that God has for you. I don't want you to keep getting scared or getting or being timid because God's about to do something in your life. If you can just believe that's the first step. You just got to believe that he's a God that his promises are true. It doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter what they say. It's God. And he has all power. Just talking a little truth to you this morning. Here's the most important part. Because the children of Israel believed the report of the ten, cast out the report of the two, because they did not believe, God said that they never go into the land. Because God will not take you where you won't trust him. He won't take you where you won't trust him to go. It simply means that God will not do what you're not willing to trust him to do through you. I know there may be some people here in the military and God's pulling on your heart saying you don't belong there. There may be some people working a job and God's pulling on your heart for you to do something else. But you're saying my finances. There may be some people right now that your life and what you do, you know, you're in the wilderness, but you're connected to the world says you can't. Make that decision. And God's saying to you, live your life for me. If you just go where I tell you to go, I'm going to bless you. But if you won't move, God won't push you. God didn't push them into the promise. They must freely go into the promise. And going into your promise is going to require some faith. Going into your promise is going to require some boldness on your part. Going into your promise It's going to require you to trust God and trust him alone. It's going to look crazy. It's going to look stupid. It's going it won't make sense to anybody around you, but it's God. Can I move to point two? (laughs) Faith in God alone. 
Another problem that the children of Israel had is that when things got tough, you know what they did? They began to put their faith in everything but God. If you look back in the book of Numbers, the children of Israel made all kind of crazy gods, all kind of little small G.O.D.s, all kind of solutions to their problems. They did not have faith in God alone. This is a dangerous one, because if you're going to get out of your wilderness, you got to get out of yourself. <laughs> you have to step away from you and step into God. What are you talking about, preacher? You got to quit looking for your own solutions and start looking for the God solution. It's not in your hands. You can't fix the problem. He's the only solution. What are you talking about? Israel turned to fake gods looking for their own solution. What's your fake God this morning? Do you have one? It's OK. I've had a few in my life. Job, fake God. But guess what? The company can go bankrupt. The government can lose money. Fake God. Marriage, fake God. That person can walk out on you. They're not God. Those friends can leave you. They're not God. The stuff you have can all be lost. It's not God. Faith in God alone. That's how you're going to get out of your wilderness and get into the promise. It's the only way. Turn to so many fake gods that at one time they wanted to kill Moses. They wanted to kill Joshua. They wanted to do all kind of things to find a solution. They even said at one point, you should have left us in slavery. You should have left us alone. At least there we were safe. You got us out here in the wilderness. Faith in God alone, the God who provided bread for heaven, bread from heaven for them to eat. The God who provided for them in the wilderness. You must trust him alone. Wherever you are today, I don't know where you are, but I can tell you if you put your trust in God alone, not in yourself and what you can do, but in what God will do through you. You will get out of that wilderness. You can only do this with God. You don't even need other people. You don't even need supporters because when you have God, he will send you the support you need. You don't even need people to agree with what God told you to do. They can be completely against you. But if God is for you. <laughs> You can only do this for God. Don't try it without him. If, if you spent some of your life doing it without him, today is a great day to do it his way. I'm just saying. <laughs> can, I, can I give you the third point real quick? I just <laughs> Be what God has commanded of you. You are beating this one up today. But God is just telling you today to just be what he's commanded you to be. He, he, he's, not, he's not trying to make a deal with you. He's just saying, just be who I've told you to be. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to waver in my instruction. I've given it to you. It's a command, now be it. What is he telling you? Be strong. How can you do that in God's power? Just be strong. Go through it. Most of us face a problem and, and we back back. We look for the path of least resistance. Be strong. If they're talking about you, be strong. If nobody believes in you, be strong. If they hurt you, be strong. God is with you. <laughs> if, if it looks like a failure, 
Be strong. You serve a God who's never failed, no matter how bad it looks. Be strong. Just be what he commanded you. Be courageous. Come on. It takes courage. It takes courage to get up out of your bed, get dressed and come to a house church. It takes courage because it's not what everybody else is doing. Most people will either sit at home and not go to church or go to a church where they can sit in the pew and not know everybody. You come here, we're going to know your name. We're going to know how you're doing. It, it just takes a little bit more effort to be courageous to do something that nobody else is doing. What has God called you to do that nobody else is doing? What is God asking you to do that nobody else is doing? Because it's not safe. It's risky. It's a God thing. If you look in the Bible... Everything that God asks us to do is risky. We're going to be persecuted, hated on. We're, we're going to be beat down because of God. You have to be courageous to follow Jesus. Be courageous. I'm telling you today, don't be afraid. It's in his word. He said it. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. I know the tendency is to to be like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can give this up. What, what would I do without this? And God says, I can do all things. <laughs> There's nothing too hard for me. You don't have to be afraid. You, you, you can be strong and courageous. You don't have to be afraid. So I'm commanding you. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you, do not be afraid. And don't be discouraged. This is great. Because it deals with our spirit. Sometimes when things don't go our way, you got to realize that maybe God didn't want that to go my way. My wife says, and it gets on my nerves. Everything happens for a reason. But I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. A few weeks ago, I backed my car into the garage and hit the back of the stairs. No, I says everything happens for a reason. Well, that shouldn't have happened. But in that transaction, a week later, I met a guy, phenomenal Christian. Iron sharpens iron. You never know in the details what God is doing. Even in the mistakes and the things that hurt us, God has a plan. Just trust him. And don't get discouraged when things happen that you don't agree with. Don't get discouraged when the argument you had goes the wrong way. Trust God. Don't get discouraged. Preacher, we're just talking about this right here. The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Wow. You can wrap it all up. You can wrap it all up. And know that the Lord goes before you wherever he's sending you, wherever the promise is, he's already there. He's already gone before you and prepared it for you. He, 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 he will never leave you nor forsake you. As he went before you, he still stayed right by your side. When I was eight years old, I was brought up in the church, Southern Baptist. And you get baptized. It's something that you do. Uh, when, when you're a Baptist, you, you get baptized, you give your life to Christ and you get baptized. And at the young age of eight, I knew what that meant because I spent my life in church. And later on in my life, my relationship with God really matured. But I chose to get baptized at the age of eight. But there was a problem. I ain't like water. 
I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't like it. And it wasn't that I just didn't like water. I mean, took baths, but I wasn't cool with, we got to go in the water and all like, Jesus, I love you. Can we just, can they sprinkle the boy and just, we move on. So I had a problem at eight. God, I want an outward display of my inward faith, but can we just skip, can we skip that part? I even asked my dad to pass. I was like, can, can we just, you know, do it in the bathtub? Why we got to do it in church front of everybody? I'm probably going, why we got to do that? That's just, and I remember what he said to me. He's like, I'm going to be right there with you. And that's just an earthly father reflecting the love of the heavenly father. And when he kind of said that with me, I, it kind of resonated that I wasn't going in the water alone. Yeah. It, it, he said, Dion, when you go in the water, I'll already be there. And, and when you get in the water, I'll be there in the water with you. And when you go down in the water, Gonna be around you. Nothing's gonna happen to you. You know what's gonna happen to you? You're gonna go down one way, and God's gonna bring you out another way. I told you that simple story to remind you that God's never gonna leave you nor forsake you. <laughs> you may be afraid about what the next step in your life is, where you're going, where God's sending you next, the next task on your life, the next challenge, because that's where the promise is. <laughs> may not be easy. He's right there with you. His arms are around you. When you go into the trouble, he's going to bring you out of it. He's going he's gonna to walk with you and talk with you, and he's going to call you his own. So today, know that the Lord himself goes before you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I simply end this message and remind you what God spoke to Joshua. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, discouraged for the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Uh, some of us are in the wilderness going around in circles, but God wants to take us somewhere. God wants us to do something. God has called on our life and maybe we're facing an illness. It's a wilderness. God's going to bring you out of it. Maybe you're in a dry spot in your marriage. Don't worry. God's going to bring you out of it. Maybe there's some issues with your kids, your job, your finances. Don't worry. It's a wilderness. God will bring you out of it. Just, just trust the promise is true. He promised that you be the head and not the tail. He promised that you win and not lose. Don't worry. He's going to bring you through. It, it's going to be okay. He, he's going to be with you wherever you go. I just want to remind you today that there is no risk, no risk in living your life for God. Amen. You're going to get in some trouble. You're going to get hurt. You're going to shed some tears, but there's no risk for living your life for Jesus because the outcome is you win. Even if you die, you win. All this stuff will pass away, but God will last forever. If you will pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this word today, God. We thank you that you are a God, a God who, is, who is high and looks low, that you see everything. I humbly thank you for your love and your grace for us, God. God, as we move forward into taking your communion, God, I pray that you write in our hearts, God. Right now, God, if there was somebody 
who does not know you and the part of their sins, God. I pray that they come to repent of their sins, God, and turn to you, Heavenly Father. Right now, if you are here under the sound of my voice, if you are listening to me through Facebook or hearing this on podcast, right now is your opportunity to say to God, I'm sorry, forgive me of my sins. I've done wrong. God, wash me and cleanse me. I turn from my wicked ways and I turn to you. I'm tired of doing this my way. I want to do it your way. If that is you today, you can raise your hand in the air, but that may not change your your heart. What I want you to do today is promise God that you won't sin anymore, that you're turning from your wicked ways and turn to him because only God can keep you sinless. Today, God, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I love it because in Luke chapter 23 tells of a story that just blows my mind tells of a story and Jesus is on the cross and just imagine with me Jesus is on the cross hanging between two thieves one of the thieves is saying you're the king of the Jews bring yourself down he's taunting Jesus at the point of death He's taunting them. And the other one says, why are you picking on this? Why are you picking on him? He's done nothing. He, he's done nothing wrong. We deserve what we're about to get. We deserve it. But he's done nothing. He looks to him, he says, he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And right there, Jesus says, today, you'll be with me in paradise. What a forgiving God, what an everlasting God that would do that for us. This morning, as we take the communion, I want you to be reminded of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Sitting around the table, the disciples were with Jesus and he reclined back in his table in his chair and he said, This bread is broken. Do this in remembrance of me. Together, the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, broken for us. And likewise, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for you. The blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, spread for us. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to come together, God. Let this word stick with us. Let it strengthen us, God. And God, lead us out of our wilderness into your promise, God.
We thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Today it's a little wet outside, and so we're going to uh, do children's church right here. So I ask that um, all of our parents um, support us in the, in the lesson this morning um, and uh, just support the kids being right here because we have a great lesson for them. Amen. Thank you, guys. Please grab some, refresh, some refreshments and enjoy yourself. <laughs> 